Hello and welcome back to this bonus episode of the Bones Horror Podcast with the directors of hosts, Richard Oakes and Adam Lever. Are you there? How's it going? We're here. Yeah, yeah. hello. So tonight with me, we don't have the two Muppets, Graham and Steve, but we have Jess, who's a film graduate and also more daughter, and she's going to have some more interesting questions than I would normally ask. So hey. the hypnosis of the film... And it's very brief, I've written it. On Christmas Eve, a family becomes host to a malicious entity. Should be entities, yeah? So, host is available on demand from the 2nd of October on Amazon Prime. Are there any other ways of uh, watching this movie other than Amazon Prime, guys? Uh, there will be, um, eventually. But I think Prime and some other VOD channels will be the first port of call. Uh, I believe it's also being released in a few cinemas across the states. Uh, virtual showings, I believe, Rich, wow. is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Apple TV and iTunes. Yeah. Is another one. See, I want to buy this straight away. And, and you know, because I've seen it twice. Twice? <laughs> so, like, if it, twice. The in DVD two days, as well. Yeah, I definitely want to own it. So I'll look for that on Apple. Um, so I've done a little bit of homework and I watched. Mother Funk. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, it's a great tune, something I would definitely listen to. And, and the video, wow. Um, after seeing the movie, I'm not really surprised <laughs> by the content of it. Um, it it's really, really good. So we've got a lot of American lis uh, listeners, and uh, you should check that out, um, In Search of the Sun. And the track was called Mother Funk. Now, I did notice that the, the actor in the video was Neil Ward, who played Jack in Hosts. Yeah. And he did look rather menacing. I can see why you used him in a lot of ways in the movie. Um, he, he looks like a lot of fun to work with. He's brilliant. One of the best, one of the best. You should see the al al the alternative version to Mother Funk. That's, uh, you get to see Neil's funny side. Oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll like... send it to you. Yeah, so that sounds great. Now, the music is great. So, yeah. Really, really good. So have a listen, have a listen, American audience. Um, so can I just get into a few questions? Is that okay? Of course, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I could talk all night. Um, so what? If these are like your generic questions, really. That you know, I, what I'm interested in in horror. So are there certain movies, you know, in the horror genre that really got you into horror? You know, um, as directors. Yeah, I mean, Rich, do you want to go first? or? Yeah, I, I started, um, my parents didn't really let me watch horrors. My um, older brother and sister were allowed because they were five and seven years older than me. Um, so they'd always get the horrors in and I'd get upset that I couldn't watch them and cry and kick off and be, be a terrible child. Um, but then they thought, well, they want to watch a horror again tonight, the elder siblings. So we'll go out and have a look. And they had uh, arachnophobia then. They were like, oh, it's PG. That means that uh, little Richie Poos can watch it and not get too upset. <laughs> and then I watched that um, and I had uh, nightmares for days and suffered with conjunctivitis. And I'd wake Ooh. up having a nightmare and couldn't open my eyes and have to fumble, fumble my way around the house looking <laughs> for the sink while trying to avoid spiders. It was like a really bad ghost train um so that was my experience of my first is, horror is that the last great spider film do you think like yes probably the only, yeah. the, 
the only great spider film. Uh, I like Big Ass Spider. Have you ever seen that one? Big Ass Spider. <laughs> no, but uh, special effects look great. But it's very funny. But like, there isn't really been a great Spider movie since. Not no. that I can remember. That is, a, that is a classic. Eight Legged Freaks was a bit disappointing. Yeah. So, so how about you, Adam? Um, yeah, man. Well, well I was. Um, I, I guess I started getting into horror when I was about eight. Um, yeah, I was eight years old, and and I'd kind of grown up knowing that uh, my folks were into into horror and stuff. And we had this big cabinet of VHS tapes with just horror film after horror film in there. And I remember there was one tape in there. Um, it was a white Polaroid tape with this really worn down sticky label on there that said "A Nightmare on Elm Street." Ooh. And uh, I was just, it, I was just really turned on by it. You know, there's something that attracted me to that, and I thought, wow, this, this, that's just a creepy name. So, me and my sister, we we stuck it on one day when when our parents were out, and I just fell in love with it. And I mean, it terrified me to my very core, but it it just, I was just in love with horror after that. And and not long after, I was just exploring different, trying to find the most messed up films to watch. And my dad, bless him, he would take me every Saturday to, you know, the nearest blockbuster video and, and get me to pick whichever horror movie I wanted to rent. And, uh, yeah, it was great. And then finally I was allowed to watch The Exorcist, which I'd kind wow. of been... Yeah, like, I I was... I just begged and begged and begged until I just got my own way, which probably would have been when I was maybe 11, something like that, and I was finally yeah. allowed to watch it. And I just, yeah, I just loved it. And that's kind of my introduction You're- to horror. Your parents sound great. Yeah. Oh, lovely people. Lovely people. Yeah, that, that is, yeah they're in prison now, but yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm the same with my middle one. He's he's 11, and I, I get him to watch all sorts. Not, not Nothing 18, but like, like certainly he's, he's watched all the Conjurings and, and movies like that, and he seems to like it. Um, the Exorcist is apparently being rebooted. Yeah. I heard, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but if... If there was a movie you could reboot, this is to both of you. Um, what one could it be? Or you know, any ideas? Would would, would remaking The Exorcist is that something you'd be interested in doing? Or well, I, I I'd I'd love to. I don't think anybody could do it justice, you know. But no, um, I, me and Rich kind of made a homage to The Exorcist in in one of my other music videos, um, which was a. Uh, which was quite cool. It was fun to film. It's called Bad Girl. You can just check it out. But, I will watch that, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking, Rich, weren't we? I think we both agree. I'll let you say the movie, but we kind of both agreed on a really awesome film that would be insane to remake until we found out they are actually remaking it. <laughs> oh, there's so many. What was the one? It was The, the Witches, man. Do you the remember? Witches, was, yeah. Yeah. My, I'm that... really gutted, really gutted recently because there's so many childhood films that could be adapted to like modern, up, up, like better um, quality. Yeah. But yeah. That were really dark and scary as a kid, and they're doing it, but making them really non-dark. Like I was so disappointed because one, I was like, I'd love to remake the BFG, but really dark. Yeah. And the, then right. they were like, we're making the BFG, and I'm like, oh, amazing. And then they brought it out, and it's just dreadful and, <laughs> yeah. and now they're making the witches i'm like you better not you you're gonna ruin it you're gonna make them all wear like flowers in their hats they, and be lovely and just to for the kids they probably will as well um 
Yeah. Can only hope. Can only <laughs> but hope. I was saying this last night. I watched The Blob with my 10-year-old for the first time last night. Oh, wow. Um, and that, that was a childhood favourite of mine. So the, the 19, was it 84 version? 88? Yeah. yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. And I was thinking, do you know what? I'd love to remake this, but it's it's pretty perfect as is, so I kind of wouldn't want might to touch have, it. Might have to visit that one with my boy. Yeah, the other two won't watch anything at the moment. Uh, Jess will, though, won't you, Jess? Yeah, yeah, I'll watch anything. <laughs> Jess <laughs> That's is my the daughter. spirit. Jess is my yeah. daughter, by the I, way. Yeah, in film, I've seen some things at uni, so... <laughs> <laughs> Jess, oh, what's my... the worst film you've seen? Oh, God. Um... Oh, it wasn't the worst. Oh, I'm not going to remember what it's called now. Um, but it was kind of horrifying to watch in a lecture theatre that's dark and full of strange people. Um, who's the guy in... Who's in Batman? Plays the... Keaton. Uh, William... William Defoe? Yes, he's in it. Uh Oh, Antichrist. God. It's, it wasn't Antichrist. It's Andy not Antichrist. Was it? It was Antichrist. Was Antichrist. It? Yeah, we were screened that. Um, I think it was first thing in the morning as well. So it's about <laughs> half past nine in the morning and you're sat watching that. I love that film. Um, it's so horrible. Do you know yeah. I'm still too scared to watch that? So I haven't watched it. I need to watch it again. <laughs> I, I don't know. It takes me a couple of times to watch a movie. Um, that is quite a strange one, isn't it? Yeah. So like, the actress is amazing in it. Oh, she's phenomenal. Both, both of them. Uh, is it Charlotte yeah. Gainsworth? Yeah. Is that how you yeah, say it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're just incredible. But me, me and Richard both actually, well, I guess on the fence with um, God uh, Lars von Trier, right? We um, we yeah. watched The House That Jack Built a couple of years ago or a year, whenever it came out. And we both I didn't loved finish it. it. Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't should. finished that. I need to. I need to. Was, I need to. Yeah, I, I like that. There were some scenes I found very difficult to watch, but it was good. Yes, uh, funny compared to the scenes that we've done when uh, I, I'm squeamish but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what scenes there's another question what scenes in any movie any movie made you shit your pants <laughs> oh ring the original yeah. ringu Japanese the whole thing I was 18 years old I watched it 10 times and then I burnt it because I thought I'd be cursed <laughs> and I slept with the light on for about two years after that. I, it scared the pants out of me. See, uh, <laughs> see, see, for me, Hellraiser, and I still struggle watching it now. And everyone loves Hellraiser, um, and I just, I just struggle with the old hooks in the, you know. Well, oh it's God. pretty horrific, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, do love when the I was Hellraiser about twelve. How <laughs> <laughs> so about you, Adam? It's it's a tough one, man. I th I think in recent years, one of the films that's terrified me the most, probably because I can relate to it in many ways, is Hereditary. Um, yeah. And I've I've seen that. Well, technically nine times, but I'll say eight and a half because I did fall asleep on the ninth watch. But <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot that day. But it, it's just the way <clears throat> it 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 tells this horrific like story about grief and like manipulation in the worst possible way on the platform of something supernatural is like, you know, the supernatural element is secondary. It's what's actually happening to this family yeah. and the dread they've doomed from the get go. Sorry to anyone that hasn't seen it. If the, you know, spoiler alert, but it's horrifying. And it's the same with 
his sequel Midsummer as well. It's all focused on just manipulation and it's just horrible. And that, that scares me to my very core. Yeah. We reviewed hereditary. Um, I don't think the other guys got it as much as I did. Um, they, they weren't that impressed with it. I, I'm really I love, love the director and I love Midsummer as well. And I don't think they got it. Um, they just remember that scene in the car, you know. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, have you seen that, Jess? Yes. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a great film. But some of the, the crying and and the lad, it, it's just so sad in parts. You know what I mean? It, it, it just gets to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> Let's, let's let's i've got a good feel for what you like and things now so look like and we can move on to the movie um so for how you made it like how did you i hope you don't mind but how did you like raise the money to to get the ball rolling you know because obviously you come up with an idea and things and, and you want to make it but obviously everything costs money doesn't it mm. um we, we did you look do an indigo thing or did you just approach movie companies uh, we um for six months prior to, to writing house we um we had a youtube channel that focused on um telling people how to cinematograph in uh, the stupidest most <laughs> unhelpful way possible um and people seemed to like that and they became a fan of just how stupid we were. We got a lot of hate for it. Cause, this isn't great. Do you go know what you're talking about? You have no idea how to be like film a movie and stuff. This is rubbish. And it was all just men to be tongue in cheek and taking the mick a bit with some slight decent information in there. But most of the time it was just taking the mick and winding people up. Um, and so we did that for a while and then we were like, let's make a movie. And then we were struggling to get funding from yeah. investors and stuff because we'd never made a movie before. And if they watched our channel, they'd probably think they never deserved to make a film ever. Um, so <laughs> we, we reached out to our fans and, and we, 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 we basically did a crowdfund, but in a different way as in we didn't offer them, you know, a pebble with, um, with, yeah, with, with a drawing of a house on it for, yeah. for a hundred pounds. What we actually did was we offered them, um, investment opportunity in the film so everyone who invested um, we had like little blocks of if you invest this much you get this much and blah blah blah, blah. but yeah. so they became investors and they earn money off the film like we do so they're um, I think our investors are the highest earning people on our film and they're just <laughs> YouTube fans do you know what I mean so that's what we yeah. wanted to offer was something actual substantial that they can be part of the filmmaking as a producer and as an investor and I think they really responded well to that, and we got it. We we managed to raise the money pretty quickly, um, so that yeah. was great. No, oh, that's perfect. So it looks like quite an expensive movie um, to to me. I don't know who sniggered there, but to to me, it does. It looks fantastic at times. Um, so good like, to know. that's really good. To it, know. it look it looks great, and I don't know enough about. You know how films are made, or you know, I know there's a thing where you color the films, and obviously the sound needs to be engineered in a certain way. But like, like it, it, it looks great. So, a question I was asked by one of one of the Bones crew was on the set: um, was the set inside the house same house as outside the house? Yes. 
Yeah. Because they seemed to think it wasn't, and I was like, oh, I don't know. It was but... a little secret. It, it's actually Rich's house. Um, and prior I'm sat to, in here at the moment. Yeah, he's sat in there at the moment. He's sat on set. That there were, and that's, that's not a joke. Uh, two months, about two months prior to um, starting shooting the film, yeah. Rich and I had just spent, like, like I was there every other day or on the weekends or whatever, and Rich during the weeks, every day without me, just constantly building bits of the set and painting the walls and wallpapering and boarding up boarding up the loft and blacking out the 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 walls behind it and stuff we, we completely blitzed the house and turned it into the the set that the two of us had imagined that, that we wanted so being able to essentially live on set for those two weeks and of course for rich to constantly live there and for me to constantly go around which feels like <laughs> going home all the time is great because you're always there. It never leaves you. So you still it's still the same now, is it? Uh, not no, not not exactly the same. A lot of it is the lounge, the dining room, the dining room, the dining room's the same. Um, the corridor, I couldn't. My wife was like, "Sorry, it's it's just <laughs> nah, nah." She was said, it, I'll, "I'll let you have the dining room like that." Was there a deer? Was it a deer's head? What what was it? What, I'm just trying to remember. There was some it's, strange. There's a lot of taxidermy in the film, and that was yes. actually all supplied by the dad, who Michael Henderson, who was the uh, Frank. He didn't keep it. I've, he let me have one. He let me have one, <laughs> which is still up in the dining room. Um, but he he's a taxidermist, so he wow he was like, oh, I've got all this stuff, and we were like, bring it along. <laughs> it was kind of like it was so slapdash, but purposefully slapdash. If you know what I mean, um, so I think people yeah. will be surprised that how low budget it actually was. There's low budget, and then there's hosts. <laughs> low budget. Yeah. Wow, uh, it looks great, and like you, I wouldn't know. <coughs> I, I would not know. So, like, like the scene where he's walking across in his Christmas outfit with his pheasants. Is that like where you live? Just uh, that- it's about twenty minute drive away. Oh, okay. So that's not your garden then. It's like- garden, yeah. <laughs> if so- only. <laughs> so we like the furniture we always say this on the podcast because like we, we we're into chairs and wardrobes and things there are some movies along the way we've watched i don't know if you've seen ravenous you ever no, seen the no, french version of ravenous with the pile of chairs anyway like paul mentioned that you had nice table and chairs in your dining area so i thought i'd say that for him he'd be I, pleased i built that dining room uh, that dining table for the film did you and you yeah. have you kept it yes yeah, that's my oh. dining table that's very nice. And the the chop the table that they're chopping onions on, I built yeah. that for the film as well because all the actual um, worktops went around the outside, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to film anyone's faces if they're on just facing the wall. So I built yeah. that so that they could face the camera um, and chop <laughs> onions on that instead. She was chopping them. Wow, yeah, she's really <laughs> chopping them. Um, Jess, do you want to ask some questions? Because like, yeah, yeah. I know you've got some more uh, probably interesting questions than what I've been asking. Um, well, um, as you said, it's uh, your house. One of my questions was actually, uh, how long did it take to clean up after the dinner scene? Ten well, years, so we've still got <laughs> nine left. <laughs> we've still got nine left. We were literally, we had um, we had Neil and um, Sam, who play uh, the two bad guys in, in Hosts, over the other day to get some promo pictures in front of the wallpaper. And uh, I pulled the curtain back in the corner where we don't normally go um, to get, um, to remove some uh, 
fairy lights that we put up because they didn't suit the, the pictures. And I pulled the curtain back and there was still blood splashed up the wall. And I'm like, it's been a year and there's still blood on the wall. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it took a long, long time. Yeah, the cleanup job when, when we wrapped was, uh, was a tough one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was asleep and you just got on with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I remember, like, I just remember, like, we, someone had gone to get McDonald's that morning and, like, everyone was destroyed, you know, because we'd just done two weeks of solid shooting and Rich went to sleep and stuff. And I remember just standing there and just with, like, some bin bags and Rich just walking past like a zombie <laughs> to the kitchen. It was so funny. Oh, and I was angry because someone ate yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. But how many takes? How many takes did you do on that? Was that a one take? Or what? Rich looking for his McDonald's. Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual uh, scene we're talking. I don't want to give too much away. The thing. The thing. Like, um, yeah. One. Just one. Nice. I Pretty think so, much. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it... once, once you're done, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And you were happy. Yeah, they look great. So, uh, yeah. So it was it was tough, though. There was a lot of pressure on us um, that night because we had one night to shoot that, you know, the iconic scene of the film, yeah. which had to be perfect. And we had to shoot it in three stages. And obviously when, without giving anything away, you know, when it all yep. gets real and shit hits the fan, pardon my French, but, you know, we have to, there's no going back. So, and props to the actors, you know, because they, they nailed it. They nailed it. They rehearsed, they rehearsed, they rehearsed, and they rehearsed until they couldn't rehearse anymore. And everyone just, it was brilliant. They, they just nailed it. And what we have is exactly what Rich and I intended on, on having by the end of it. So, yeah, props it's, to the cast. Yeah, it's yeah, a great it's awesome. scene. Yeah. Any more, Jess? Um, the attic scene, um, it looked quite cramped. So how did you film Oh lord, it was cramped and it was hot and sweaty and exhausting. I think that was one of the most exhausting scenes. That and Frank's bedroom, just because that Frank's bedroom we shot after like crazy hours and everyone just wanted to go home. I think most people went home, but we had to grab these extra bits and we just wanted to go home with them. But um, the attic was actually just... Yeah, very tight, very cramped. Lots of people up there. People going through the floorboards in the ceiling, <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of emotion. That so, you know, you normally um, break uncomfortable situations and claustrophobia and all that type of stuff with a bit of humour. But it it didn't feel right up there, so it was quite a, <laughs> a difficult scene, I think, for that because the lighting was difficult and. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy that filming that scene, but I, from what we've heard, it seems to have been it has resonated well. Yeah, yeah, it certainly looked, has. It looked great. Um, so, what was so you said that was quite a difficult one to film. What was the most difficult um, scene that you had to film overall, or kind of like what had the most obstacles that you had to overcome? That's it's all just a, it's a dream isn't it i can't really remember yeah i mean that that one that one that the rich mentioned yeah the, the attic yeah for sure um it was tough um i guess i guess throughout um i think with us once once we kind of got into the rhythm of each scene it felt good one because we were working with a stellar cast and they're just brilliant and they knew what they were doing and um this that and the other but logistically that 
I think we had problems, you know, as as you do on any film set. Problems would arise here, there, and everywhere. But the great thing about, I guess, uh, us as a team, you know, like we we're all we were all problem solvers. All twenty of us on set. And I know in terms of filmmaking, that's a very, very small crew. But, you know, when there's 20 people on a set that are all just as driven as the next person that said, right, that's broke. We need to fix that. Bam, next person comes in and someone else goes, cool, can I help? Like, it was just like a constant problem-solving... Machine. Machine, yeah. Honestly, it it was. So, yeah, there there were difficulties with every scene. But at the same time, I think we were all just so hyped and, and passionate as the next person that each problem didn't really seem like that much of a big deal at the time, you know? I think yeah. a particularly difficult scene just because of outside forces was the uh, woods. Um, don't want to give away too much about what happens there, but um, it was it was the coldest night of the year. And, you know, the poor girls were wearing very thin dresses <laughs> and there was ice everywhere. The equipment was dying because it was so cold. Um, we, Yeah, equipment was just dying all over the place. We'd set up for four hours on a shot and it wasn't working because the equipment wasn't working. So we'd have to move on because we'd pass the schedule for that shot and just lose that shot. And it was, that was <laughs> tough. And I, I felt kind of a bit ratty and my tether that kind of night and you <laughs> the guy upset Adam that night as well because <laughs> I was just so gr- so grumpy um, <laughs> yeah and that that was hard because it was it was kind of grueling and I I the, the thing that frustrates me most most is when I feel like we're not getting what we wanted and that night I felt a bit like that until I kind of got in the edit and went oh actually this actually works that's all right I'm, I'm happy now but on the night, I felt like we'd kind of ruined the film. <laughs> it was a tough night, for sure. It was tough for everyone. But again, we all pulled together and had something brilliant by the end of it. It was great. Nice. Anything else, Jess? Um, one, this question's maybe more for me. Um, so Do you want us what, to go? Or... <laughs> what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give... Um, to any kind of inspiring uh, film directors and people that want to get into a film industry? Um, <clears throat> you don't need to go to film school. You don't need to know a great deal about anything. If, if you if you want to make films, you can make films. And, and you know, Rich, Rich told the story of how we funded this film um, moments ago, you know, and it, it, it kind of... Not, not to sound, I don't know what the word is, arrogant or anything, but like if two nobodies like me and Rich can go from nothing to finding, you know, problem solving, finding a way. If we can't get money this way, why don't we use this this means of getting money? You know, we finding a way to do it. If when there's a will, there's a way. So I, I think anything is possible, and you don't need qualifications to be creating stuff. You know, um, anything's possible. That's cool. I got a question. Now, how was it directing as a team? So, did you both share in everything, or did you both have certain jobs? You know, but you know, I don't really understand what being a director is. But obviously, 
normally you have one. So how how did you guys get through that? And, you know, obviously it worked really well, but, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we did split it because we were aware going in, me, me and Adam get on like a house on fire anyway. We've, I've never got on with anyone as well as I'd get on with Adam. But when you're in a high stress environment doing night shoots for 10 days straight, yeah. um, you can anticipate that some arguments and stuff may ensue. So before we went into it, we kind of set out so a set of rules to make sh- to try and avoid that at all costs. Um, so we set it up so that um, because I'm a DOP normally by trade, um, so director yeah. of photography and yeah. um, deal a lot with camera. Um, we decided that I would take the camera side of things and setting up the shots and the composition, uh, the blocking where the actors kind of move and a lot of that kind of side, the movement and the vision, everything visual. And on the screen would kind of be my thing. And then Adam would deal with the actors and their delivery, their understanding of the script, their motivations and all that type of thing. So I'd be setting up the the set, the room, the lights with uh, Sean, who was um, our first AC and gaffer on it. And so me and Sean would be setting up the room, setting up the props, setting up what looked good. Um kind of going through it, how they should move through the frame and all this type of thing, while Adam was out in the garden speaking with the actors and going through the scene and rehearsals and that type of thing. And then it would kind of... So I barely saw Adam for most of the set, which is probably why we didn't argue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'd kind of then come together when it came to shoot and join forces and and both those two sides would come together, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it- it and worked it, well, you know. The film's great. So. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we heard that. Like the actors were saying, "Why isn't this done more kind of often? This is this works really well having these two directors with the kind of the two sides of it." Um, and I think it did. And it's not like we we didn't kind of cross over because we're both directing. And Adam would say, "Well, how about a shot here?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, that would be cool." And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not sure on that line. How about kind of them say this?" And it's cool. It was more just that if we came to loggerheads. <laughs> Adam would have the kind of the veto on the acting side and I'd have the veto on the visual side just to kind of solve any arguments mainly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So were did you leave much, you know, much film on the floor, you could say? Were there, you know, was there bits you had to leave out? Because it's, it's a great, was it 90 minutes long? Mm. Um, yeah, just under, Was there yeah. much you wanted to put in there? Because obviously sometimes oh, films can be too long. It was perfect. But like, was there something you would, some more you would have liked to got in there, or? Um, there was, so there were there were not much to be honest. There were a couple of scenes where, um, I guess on the script that that you know there was more to be said. But when we got to it, we kind of found that, you know, actually this this doesn't really work. It's it's unnecessary, and we don't yeah. want to have just stuff in there for for the sake of it. Everything means something in the dialogue in this film. Um, there was one, I mean, we shot, I think, one extra scene or shot just in case we, you know, decided to change the ending or, or, or whatever, or not change the ending, have like a an alternate kind of thing or a twist happen, but we never used it because it was unnecessary. But you got an that, alternative ending then? Well, technically, no. I mean, Ooh. it was just, it, it was 
potentially something that we thought, well, if we decide to <clears throat> down the line, maybe we can use this as like a, you know, oh, yeah. cliffhanger kind of thing. But we thought, you know what, it doesn't need to. It's kind of, <clears throat> to me and Rich anyway, you know, it's, it's perfect as is. And there wasn't much, yeah, as you say, there wasn't really much film left on the floor, no. Uh, brilliant. So, you know, we all, we enjoyed it. The podcast enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed it, Jess, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so I really liked you've it. watched it. Thanks, guys. So, this was so, good. Thank you. What else have you got in the pipeline? Obviously, you're probably already writing or moving on to the next thing. Um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about in the future, or you know, we, we've got a, a few ideas penciled out and a couple of scripts in our backpack. Um, but we Not don't know which. Yet, no, 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 we don't know which way it's going to go. We, um, I guess it depends who, who's who wants to chuck money at us and which which idea <laughs> they like the most. So, so would you stay in the horror genre? Is that is that a, a theme you're going to stay with, or would you like to do something different? We we've got. Um, <clears throat> I guess we've got two. Uh, I wouldn't say similar films, but in in the horror or psychological horror genre, um, yeah. two written. But we're also writing one at the moment, which could potentially be the next one we actually do. Um, that's more more psychopathic, you know. So more on the psychopath kind of genre, as well as you know, commit like dark comedy, you know. In, yeah. in some point, so it's very. I think I think it's safe to say that all of our films will <laughs> moving forward are always going to be extremely dark, um, but not necessarily horror all the time. But there are definitely two. <laughs> Uh, pretty horrifying ones that are already written. Yes, it just depends when they're going to get done. That's the question. Yeah. So generally, you know, I love watching British horror movies. I don't think there's enough out there, to be honest, at times. Is is there any British films you've enjoyed recently you, you could recommend to us? Oh, Rich, um, you showed this to me, the, uh, the Ritual. Ritual. Yeah, I read that and then... Oh. I, I, I've what it is a, it's a great film. Oh, it's really yeah. That's on net. It was on Netflix, I think. Yeah, that one. Um, it was, yeah. But there's lot. I watched. There's lots of low budget British films on Prime. But like, I watched one called The Droving last night, which was superb. I'd recommend that if you guys haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't um, heard it, that. Yeah, the droving. I think it's based in um, like just off the Lake District up up north. Oh um, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's about a festival and things, um, and a guy trying to find his sister. So it all goes from there. But it's it's quite violent and it's 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 very very good. So worth a watch. So you know, I just love. I think British horror normally has more of a storyline to it, and that's what I enjoy. Um, instead of just jump scares i think we're pretty much on the same page there to be honest yeah, yeah. we're not particular fans of the just jump scare type vibes i don't mind it but i think you get a lot of that with american film at times um and not so much with the british films but yeah, yeah thank you uh, jess have you got any more anything you want to ask i, I think uh... i've uh, gone through all my questions say paul <laughs> <laughs> Paul asked some questions. What did he put? Oh, he asked me things about the practical effects, like um, how hard were they to put together? Um, and he asked me questions, how, what were they made of? 
basically, but I know you don't want to give too much away. So you'd, you'd have to ask um, Kate. Um, oh, okay. She did our um, all of our, I guess, practical effects on that side of things. Um, she, yeah, she was awesome. And, uh, so I, I wouldn't know what what it was made out of. I just went. Ugh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so we'd give her a brief, and uh, and I remember. I don't know if you can envision how it ended up without giving spoilers. Yes. And and she was like asking how I want it. And I was like, like, like that. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, like that. Not to give spoilers away. And she was like, yeah. what do you mean like that? And I'm like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like that. And she was like, I'm not sure quite I understand. Shocked. She was quite shocked. And then she sent this image through after working on it a bit. And I nearly threw up when I got this image through <laughs> the post it, on, on my phone. And I was like, yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> that was superb. Um, last question, really, from me, like, on the casting, because they're all great, really, really work quite well. And I think I'd only... See, Neil Ward, who played Jack, was really familiar. And I don't know why, because I couldn't really... I don't know, he just looked really familiar. And I couldn't really find something I'd watch with him, in, with him in. But the guy who played Eric Lee Hunter, I'd definitely seen before. Um, and Frank Jakeman, Michael, I'd definitely seen before. But it's such a great cast that it just seemed to work really well. So how did you did you know all these guys? Pretty much. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, me... me uh, I worked with Nadia, who played Lauren, um, yep. a few years ago on a short as I was a DOP. And we'd just been talking ever since, and we were just passionate about film and stuff. Um, and then similar with Neil, like a couple of months after I'd met Nadia, I met Neil on a shoot, and he he actually came up to me. I was at a premiere for a short film I'd done um, as a DOP, and I, I was outside having a vape, and he came up like looking shifty as he does with yeah. a cigarette, and he's like, "All right, mate," and I'm like, um, "He's going to have my wallet, isn't he?" <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're, you're Richard Oakes, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely in for it. And he was like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you. And I'm like, what? Who is this guy? And he just got talking. And then he was like, yeah, I'm shooting that film with you next week. And I'm like, all right. And I was I was terrified of him, not not to judge it, how he looks. But I was like, yeah, this guy's definitely going to mug me. But he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And um, he's great. We, we've just been like best friends ever since type of thing. He's And so when we wrote hosts, Nadia and Neil were in it no matter what. Um, as far as Frank, I worked with him on a shoot a few years ago and he always stuck in my mind and I met him at another premiere and he was like, Rich, when are you going to get me in a film then? I was like, <laughs> actually, maybe next week. Um, Lee I worked with on a film called Homeless Ashes and he was great. And then who else? Sam I didn't know. And Jennifer, I didn't know. She was very menacing. That that switch between the the initial character and the uh, character after yeah, thirty she, minutes or so. And that's that's what I think. Just like to to praise the two of them, Neil yeah. and Samantha. Like their ability. I mean, all the cast were phenomenal, and and I'm sure Rich agrees with that. But but the way those two were able to just they essentially played two characters each for the whole film yeah. and the way they can be so lovely and, and warm at first and then completely just, just switch. 
into these two menacing, horrible, sadistic people is just amazing, you know, on, on their part to, to be able to, to do that. It just takes so much more than talent, I think. They were, they were brilliant. Mm. You know, yeah, superb. Uh, okay. So, any more questions, Jess? Or are we... Uh, are we <laughs> no, anything I'm... more... <laughs> Any more technical things? Jess. Uh, yes. Props to you for watching Antichrist. <laughs> Thanks. I had no choice. It was in a lecture. <laughs> I couldn't leave. It's such a messed up film. It really is. I still can't bring myself to watch it. Oh, dear. Wait, yeah, I'll, come round. I'll come round and we'll watch it together. Don't worry. Do you want Eli to watch it? Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. You've given us the opportunity to speak to you for our no podcast. Worries. It's been great. And watching that movie, it's superb. So um, I will Thank be you. buying it. I will be buying it. So, <laughs> Thanks, uh, guys. Thank you for having us. No, no. How about any time? That was brilliant. So thank you very much. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, we will, uh, listeners, we will see you next week with episode 23, Doctor Sleep. See you later. Nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.